to say welcome to episode 11. Tonight we're talking about separating yourself from the world. Jesus says that we must take up our cross daily and follow him. We must die to ourselves, die to our ways, die to the ways that we want to live and separate ourselves from the world. Quit following the neighboring peoples around us who are going after the world, the lust of the flesh, and we must live in the spirit and live after, go after God's will for our lives and pray and seek and say, God, what is it that you have for me? What is it you have for me to do today, this month, this year? What is my calling? We must be seeking ourselves and separating ourselves from the world because I'm telling you what, the world's getting crazier and crazier every day and it's time for the body of Christ to separate themselves away from the world. If you were to ask me right now, I would probably say right now, and a lot of people look at Christianity, they just see a big mesh. They don't really know where the world starts and where Christianity ends, and it simply just shouldn't be that way at all. It simply is this. this Christianity is very simple. There is a team. There's two teams. There is the team of darkness, and there's the team of light. Satan rules the team of darkness. Jesus rules the team of light. Which team are you following? When you gave your life to Jesus, he became your king. He became your ruler. He pulled you out of the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. And now we're following his ways. What king would allow you to live in his kingdom without following his ways? If you came to live in the kingdom of a king, he wouldn't allow you to live in the ways that you used to live in the former kingdom that you were in, you would have to submit yourself to his lordship and live in the ways of the kingdom. And that's how the kingdom of heaven works. When you give your life to Jesus, you're saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and savior. And also you're, you're, you're my husband, you're everything, but you're also saying, I want to follow your ways. And so Pardon me, I got this cough going. But I'm telling you what, tonight we're going to jump into this really quick. Speaking of baby Ezra for Nick and for Lauren, this is where I'm starting out tonight. We've been going through Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and after Second Chronicles comes what? The book of Ezra. So the book of Ezra is a, about a prophet who is a part of rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the temple. The temple had been torn down, but Ezra and Nehemiah, Haggai, these are prophets. These are people that came along to help rebuild the temple and to teach people, <coughs> excuse me, the ways of God. Let me get some water over here. I'm sorry. Y'all gonna have to just bear with me tonight. And so Ezra comes on the scene and he is one that really knows the word of God and knows how to teach people the word of God. And listen to what he says here. I'm going to read some of the verses tonight. But in Ezra chapter nine, verse one right here, I got a verse on the screen for you right here. It says, after these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, the people of Israel, including the priests and Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practices. Wow. That right there, when I read that, y'all, it made me tear up. It made me tear up because it gave me a picture of the bride of Christ in this moment where the bride of Christ has simply tried to 
relate too much to the world, and we, be, and we became like the neighboring peoples. We become like the people around us too much, and we haven't separated ourselves from the world. And this is what God spoke to me when I read this verse. He said, Brad, it's your separation from the world that attracts people to me. It's not your relation to the world that attracts people to me. You got to hear that. Hear it again. It's our separation from the world that attracts people to our God, not our relation to the world that attracts people to our God. Let's pause right here for a moment. I used to be a part of a ministry uh, for like 15 years, and it was a very uh, godly ministry in the first four or five years, reached a lot of people. But then it took, an, it took an, um, a turn to where we started bringing in the world to try to relate to the world. And when you bring the world into the church to try to relate to the world, that's right where the enemy wants you to be. And we had to find that out the hard way. And I just want to publicly repent. I want to publicly say I am sorry for bringing in the world to the church, bringing in the world to try to reach the world. That's not what we should do, y'all. I'm telling you right now, it's time for us to put the bait of separation back on our lines when we're going to be fishers of men. When we're being fishers of men, it's time to put the bait of separation separation back on instead of the bait of relation. We've got to understand that it's our separation from the world that attracts people to our God. And so quit. we've got to quit trying to relate so much to the world and be just like the world because it's cool or this or that. There's nothing wrong with relating to people playing basketball or ping pong or cheerleading or shopping. That's, none, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about bringing in the world through music, through movies, through whatever it may be. When you bring in the world to the church, that's when things start getting hairy. That's when things start going off. And that's what happened in the ministry. We began to serve, and we were serving in. And I'm telling you, if you're out there and you were wondering what's going on in your ministry and the world has come into the church, it's time to go back and go, you know what? Let's begin to separate ourselves from the world because this is what Ezra is saying. If he said, you know what, if we're going to rebuild this temple, we cannot be like our neighboring peoples. We cannot live, be like them live like them. We can't live like our old ways. We can't live like the ways of the people that are surrounding us. Excuse me. Got this cough, man, Lord Jesus. I asked you to take away this cough in Jesus name. But this, what happened is God had told the nation of Israel. He had told the nation of Israel, please do not. He said, please. He said, do not intermarry with other nations and, and bow down to their gods and worship their gods and follow their ways. And this is exactly what happened over the years. The nation of Israel began to marry other wives of other nations. They had children, and they began to worship other gods, and they began to follow the ways of other nations. And God had had enough, and he said, it's time to send someone in that will put a to get, put them in check and say, hey, you have done exactly what God has asked you not to do, and so it's time to... Just evaluate your lives and come and, and take responsibility for what you've done wrong and, and repent and turn back so we can rebuild the temple of God and God's presence can come in here. People can come in here and worship. And so if you're rebuilding the temple inside of you, like we talked about the last few weeks, if you've been rebuilding your temple, God's restoring your life, restoring your relationship with him. You've got to make sure you're not intermarrying with the world. Evaluate your life. Where are you intermarried with the world? We've got to repent 
repent of that. We've got to turn from that. And we've got to live the ways that God has called us to live. In chapter 9, you'll begin to see that over in verse um, 2, it says, And the leaders and officials had led the way in this unfaithfulness. In, in Israel, it was the leaders that had led the way in the unfaithfulness of intermarrying with other nations and worshiping other gods and being around their detestable practices and doing those things they knew they shouldn't do. And that's exactly what's happened in the church today over all around the world is the leaders, the pastors, the, the, the priests, the, the people that are supposed to be leading the way for God are the ones that are leading the unfaithfulness and we're becoming more and more like the world. Y'all, it's time to stand up and separate our ourselves from the world and become like Jesus and follow him, follow his ways and go, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my king and I will follow you. Jesus says in Luke 6, 46, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? If God's asking us to live a certain way, he's asking us not to intermarry with the world and we're intermarrying with the world. It's time to confess that, repent that and turn from that. If we want to see the presence of God sweep into our lives, sweep into our families, our church, our, our workplaces, because God is going to visit the temples that are clean, that are purified. And that's what we're talking about tonight is separating ourselves from the world. So on into Ezra chapter 10, <coughs> excuse me, Ezra chapter 10, it says, while Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping and throwing himself down before the house of God, a large crowd of Israelites, men and women and children, gathered around him. They too wept bitterly. Now listen to what it says right here in verse 2. I got a verse for you right here. We have, been we have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the peoples around us. But in spite of this, there is still hope for Israel. These people recognized when Ezra came in and put them in check and said, Hey, you have done wrong. They realized that they had been unfaithful and they began to confess this to, to themselves. They began to confess it to the people around them. They confessed it to Ezra. Most of all, they confessed it to God. If you are intermarried with the world in any way, form or fashion, it's time to confess it to people around you. It's time to confess it to those spiritual leaders in your life. It's time to confess it to God and get this worldly stuff out of our lives. And let's be the Christians that we are called to be. In uh, verse 3, it, down, down in one more verse, it says this right here. Now let us make a covenant before our God to send all these women away. Send all these things away. Excuse me. Woo. Come on, Jesus. I'm not going to let this cough take me out from preaching the word. So just bear with me tonight. So 10, uh, Ezra 10, 3 says that they have made a covenant to send away the women they had intermarried with. This is what we are to do in this day. When you evaluate your life and you realize that you have intermarried with the world, it is time to make a covenant with God and send these evil things away. Send these worldly practices away. What is in your life that has crept into your life that you know is worldly and doesn't need to be there? Let me be a leader in your life and let me speak into your life and let me put you in check for a moment. Yes, I have things in my life that uh, I want to get out and I have people in my life that I talk to about that and I want these things out of my life and I work at it all the time to get the world out of my life because I want to follow Jesus. So let me look into your life tonight and say, what is it that you have intermarried with the world? Now it's time to get it out. 
It's time to confess it to God and live like you know God's called you to live. God is going to be repairing the temples. He's restoring the temple. He's reopened the temple doors of our heart because there's an awakening coming. But if you're going to hold on to the practices of this world, the detestable ways of this world, you're going to miss out on what God's doing in our lives. And I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do something special. Down in verse 11, it says this right here. Now honor the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the neighboring peoples around you and from your foreign wives. Wow. Listen to that right there. Look at that verse. Just read it yourself. Separate yourselves from the peoples around you and from your foreign wives. Wow. What is foreign in your life? What is that you have married yourself to that you know you don't need to be married to any longer? The sin has crept in your life and you know you need to get it out. Listen to God. Listen to the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is about to bring some conviction into the body of Christ and it's going to, be, it's going to feel good. Conviction feels good because it, it changes us when we allow it to. So conviction is from the Holy Spirit. What in this world are you married to? You need to get it out because... It is time to separate ourselves from the peoples around us. We should not look anything like the world. We should be totally different. It shouldn't be gray. It should be black and it should be white. It should be that there is a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And it's very simple. And here in the end times, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a line drawn in the sand. Which side are you on? Joshua made that line very clear in the book of Joshua. He said, you can serve whatever God you want to serve. You can serve anybody you want to that's up to you and that's your opinion and that's however you want to live your life but as for me in my house we're going to serve the Lord we're going to serve the Lord the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob who has done everything for us and he reminded them of everything that God had done for them and tonight I want to remind you of everything that God has done for you he is good and his love endures forever it's time to choose this day whom you will serve are you going to serve God the kingdom of light you're going to serve Jesus the kingdom of light or are you going to serve Satan the kingdom of darkness there is no middle ground you can't bow out and say I'm not serving anybody you're either serving the kingdom of darkness or you're serving the kingdom of light there's only two camps there is not another camp even if you're not a believer that means you fall into the kingdom of darkness because you're not following the ways of Jesus Jesus is the one who says I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except by me this is straight gospel this is exactly what Jesus was preaching when he was here. He was telling people that he's the way and there is no other way. So it's time for us to get these things out of our lives. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You may be going, how in the world am I going to get rid of these things in my life? I'm telling you right now, that verse is very hopeful for you. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. If you allow the conviction to change you and you'll begin to read the word and let it wash you clean and make good decisions the 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 um god's working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God will give you the power to do what pleases him, but you got to make that decision to do it. You know, the other day, my, my uh, Monahaley sink was all clogged up and um, my father-in-law uh, was over and he helped me to see why, you know, what was going on with the sink. And he got down there and started doing some pipes and he pulled a pipe out and he showed me the pipe and he said, 
<coughs> excuse me. He said the pipe was just filled with all kind of gunk. And he handed me the pipe. And I took it out back and I beat the pipe over the over the rail and got all the gunk out of it, put a stick inside of it and got all the gunk out of it. And I went back and he put the pipe back on there and then the water started flowing freely and everything was working good. And God began to speak to me. He said, Brad, I will point you. You always start to see signs in your life that things are clogged up, that things aren't working right. The water's not flowing right. The water, the spirit's not flowing right. Right. And, and, and he said, when that happens, you just come to me and say, God, I am something's missing. The water of the Spirit's not flowing through my life. What is wrong? And God will come. Just like my father-in-law representing God in that story, the God, our Father, will come. He will show us what is wrong. He'll even get down there and show you exactly what's wrong, but He'll hand it back to you. And He'll say, okay, here's what's wrong. Now you go and clean out the pipes. You go out there and get it out of your life. Purify yourself. Send the worldly stuff away. Get it all out. And then bring it back to me and I will hook it up right and the water will flow right through your life. If there are things in your life that aren't just flowing, the spirit of God's not flowing. You're like, what's wrong with my life? It's probably because you've got some sin in your life. You've got some things clogged up. You had not been willing to let go. Y'all, it's time to repent. We can't follow Jesus any further without repenting. We cannot. It's time for us to put a line in the sand and say we're going to separate ourselves. We're going to follow Jesus and quit trying to serve the world and follow the world and follow Jesus at the same time. It can't happen anymore. From 2023 on, it, there's a line in the sand. It's like, who are you serving? You've got to make a decision right now because the world is getting crazier and crazier. You know, the other day I was um, sleeping and some of this happens to me every once in a while, maybe like once a year, twice a year or so. I'll be asleep and then all of a sudden I'll just hear this phrase or hear a verse or hear something. And I was asleep and I just heard these words, come out from among them and be separate. And I woke up and I was like, whoa, I knew the Lord had spoken to me. He said, come out from among them and be separate. And y'all, I got chills all over my body when I heard that. And I, I knew it was a Bible verse. So I went to, to study it. And I went to find it. And I found these verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me get some water before I read it. <coughs> it says this right here, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. It's four verses, so hang in there. But this is what God spoke to me when I was asleep. So I knew that God was really speaking to us, speaking to the bride of Christ, that this is the moment for us to come out from among them and be separate. Listen to these um, verses right here. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Right there in the Bible, it says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. The Lord is 
looking at you tonight. He's speaking to you tonight. And he's saying it's time to come out from around the world. It's time to come out from the get away from the unbelievers who are bringing you down. Sometimes in life, you've just got to get some relationships out of your life. Those people that are polluting you. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. And so if you're hanging out with people that are bringing you down, you got to get away from them and separate yourself from them. You've got to, but the Bible tells us to, and we've got to quit trying to figure out how close we can get to the line and be okay in God's sight. What, what does God tolerate? God doesn't tolerate any sin. Where did this come from when we got so close? I got to get so close to the line so I can relate to the world. No, God says to come out from among them and be separate. He says to be holy for I am holy. That word holy means to be separate, that God has separated himself, that he he is holy and he actually tells us to be holy because he is holy. You know, the Bible says that God never tells us to be righteous because when you ask Jesus into your heart, you automatically become 100 percent righteous, meaning that you are in right standing with God. But he doesn't say that you are automatically holy. He says that he does tell us to be holy for he is holy. And we must work towards that and strive towards that and to become more like him in our walk with him. And the more we walk with him, the more we become like him. And so we are to strive to be holy and to live holy, and character does matter. We must get to this place again. There's another verse in 2 Timothy. Man, I love this verse right here. Um, and it's, um, it's a couple of verses here. It says, this is talking about where it says to cleanse yourself. <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks about cleanse yourself, purify yourself, rid yourself. And we walk around like we just God when we gave our life to Jesus, everything's fine. No, God asked us to do some work. He asked us to cleanse things, to get rid of things and to purify things. Listen to this verse in 2 Timothy 2, chapter 9, I mean, verse 19 through 22. It says, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Man, I love that part in there where it says that there are, there are different articles in the house, and some are for uh, noble use, some are for common use. And I just got a little bit of il illustration, you know, like we have different articles in our kitchen. We have a trash can. It's an article in our, in our, in our kitchen. You know what? That, that trash can is good, but it's it's to put trash in. We also have other articles in our house. Like in our kitchen, we have like this type of cup, like a solo cup or, you know, a cup that you may just get that's just a little plastic cup. That's a throwaway cup or whatever. This is a good for common use. But then I've got cups like this that I've been drinking out of. This cup right here is a it's a normal everyday glassware cup. It's a nice cup. We use it at dinner and we, you know, whatever you want. But then we also have some fine dining um, uh, upstairs, some china where we, you know, we break out some fine dining when we have some 
uh, people over, have a nice meal. And this is what God's saying is that you get to determine what kind of instrument you're going to be based on how you're living your life and you're cleansing your life. Because those who cleanse their life are can be used for noble purposes. If you take the time to cleanse yourself, purify yourself, rid yourself of the things of the world, you are preparing yourself for God to use. And it says out there that you are useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. God is looking for people that he can use to do any good work, and you get to decide if you are ready or not to be one of those people who are prepared to do a good work. In the Amplified Version, it says, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes. If you cleanse yourself, then you can be a vessel that is set apart. You must set yourself apart from this world if you're going to be used by the Lord. This is the way I say it. I don't strive to uh, or to cleanse myself, to purify my life, to rid things of my life just so um, just to say I've done it or to strive to do it. No, I do it because I want intimacy with the Lord, but I also do it because I believe it shows the Lord that he can trust me and that I want to be useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. I want God to use me any way possible that he wants to use me. And it's up to me to show him that I'm ready. It's just like any out there. If you're playing a team, if there's a like Nick Saban, I'm from Alabama. I'm an Alabama fan. Nick Saban is looking for people who are prepared to do any work. They're prepared to play the position. They put in the work. He's just not going to put somebody in there for common use that just did halfway to do whatever they wanted to do to, to try to play. No, he's going to put somebody in there who's done the work, who's put the put a workout in, and it knows the position and has done everything possible. I'm telling you right now, we are created in the image of God and then we learn, we, our ways are sometimes the ways how, how we get the things of God. So our leadership abilities come from how God does leadership as well. I'm telling you this, that God looks for people to put in the game, to put out there that he can trust, that he knows can handle that position. You get to decide if you're going to be a garbage can, if you're going to be a grab-and-go cup, normal dinner cup, fine dining, are you going to be there for honorable and noble purposes. Y'all, I'm on fire tonight. God's saying we got to clean up ourselves, purify ourselves. There's some verses here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 1, that says this. This is the NIV. It says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. I like how the Passion Translation says it as well. Beloved ones, with promises like these and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Listen to that right there, to complete the development of holiness within us. We must complete the development of holiness within us. Did you know that holiness is something that is developing in you over time? You're made righteous when you give your life to Jesus, but holiness is a development. It's something that happens over time. The more you cleanse yourself, purify yourself, rid yourselves of the things of this world and separate yourself from the world. And so also it says here uh, to, for us to purify ourselves. Listen to this in first Peter chapter one, verse 22. 
Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. How do you purify yourselves? Listen to the beginning of that verse. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. You purify yourselves. You cleanse yourselves by obeying the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, lives in you, and He speaks to you. He is truth, and He's telling you to get these things out of your life. So when you obey truth, which truth is a person, when you obey truth, you begin to purify yourselves. When you obey the Word of God, it's which is truth, you begin to purify yourselves and live the way that God has called you to live. And also there's a verse, if you want to know a verse, that talks about rid yourselves. We've talked about cleansing ourselves. We've talked about purifying ourselves. We're talking about now rid yourselves. 1 Peter 2, 2, verse 1 through 3. Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow in your salvation. Now that you have tasted Oh, that the Lord is good. He says to rid yourselves of all the evil of this world. Rid yourselves of the lust of the flesh. Rid yourselves of the the fleshly ways that, that come natural. Rid ourselves of those things. But I like in that verse too, it says, now that you may grow up in your salvation. There's so many people out there that think the cross is a dead end. Like when you give your life to Jesus and you bow at the cross, that it's a dead end, that that's where you stay is right there. No, that's not where you stay. It, at, at, the, at the cross is a stop sign. That you stop there and you receive your righteousness from Jesus and you receive your relationship with him and your intimacy with him. But then he says to go, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he asked, just like Jesus didn't stop at the cross. He resurrected from the grave. He's the same spirit that lives inside of us is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And he wants us to raise from that old life into a new life and to go out there and to rid ourselves of this world and to grow that your salvation, it grows. It don't just stay at one thing. It's not something that just happens. And then all of a sudden, well, I guess I'm good to go. I guess I'm locked into heaven. I guess I can go live how I want. No, you're salvation grows. Your holiness grows. And we've got to understand that. We've got to preach that again. And we've got to preach holiness again in the church. I'm not talking about trying to be perfect. I'm talking about ridding yourselves of the world. Who is not reading the Bible saying, well, I I don't have to rid myself of the world because Jesus, he died for my sins. He died for us so I can live however I want. No, Paul says, no, you can't live that way. Just because there is grace to cover your sin doesn't mean that you can sin more so that grace may abound more. No, we are to rid ourselves of the things of this world, purify ourselves, cleanse ourselves, and separate ourselves from this world. I hope this world, this word is helping some people tonight. And, um, and this is um, because I really believe that sometimes we just don't get to hear how the, it's real, the, the Bible is really preached. And people are afraid to preach like this because they're trying to grow a church. Or they're trying to get people to tithe. They don't want to lose people. Nope. This is what we're supposed to Here at BGTV, I'm not trying to build anything. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help build the kingdom of God. And that's it. And so I get to speak truth to you and, and, and preach the word to you how I believe that it should be because I'm not trying to. I work a job just like you do. And I, on the weekends, 
I come in here and I preach the word of God because I really want to help build the kingdom of God. And so it's really easy sometimes. I've been a pastor. I've been a youth pastor. I've been a part of a parachurch movement that went from 10 to 10,000. I understand where it's easy to not say certain things because you don't want people to leave. You want to try to keep the numbers coming in the church. But, y'all, we've got to get to the point where we just preach the Word of God, let loose the Word of God. It's like a lion. When you let it loose, it will defend itself. And so, um, but God says to be holy, to be separate, to set ourselves apart. Um, and that verse I want to show you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. Wow, isn't that amazing? He says to come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Are you tonight going to come out and be separate from the world? What are you dabbling in in the world? It's time to draw a line in the sand and say, this is it. I'm going to be more like Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to fall in love with him. I don't want this in between my intimacy with him. I don't want to look like the world anymore. It's time. God is separated from, this is what, this is what God showed me when I was reading that verse. It says, God is separated from unbelievers. God is set apart from unbelievers. God lives a life different than unbelievers. God hates evil. God loves the unbelievers, but he does not look or act anything like them. It's time for us to have a separation in our lives to be separate. And this is what he says to be holy. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16 says, So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. That, those verses right there, that's in the New Living Translation, the NLT. I love it. It says, but now, it says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you do. And he says, but now you must be holy in everything you do. I want to ask you tonight, are you being holy in everything that you're doing? Is your life represent a life of holiness? That you're a follower of Christ <coughs> and you're striving to live like Jesus on this earth. But God says, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So I hope tonight has helped you. Because God is asking us to separate ourselves, separate ourselves from the world. So, are you separated from the world tonight? Are you somebody that has just been living how you want to live and saying, I'm a Christian. I've asked Jesus into my life. I'm locked into heaven and that's all I'm worried about is just going to heaven. If I'm going to heaven, I'm good. Let me tell you something right now. There's two people out there. There's two types of people. There's people who are seeking Jesus and there's people who are seeking heaven. If you're seeking heaven, you may not make it in. You must seek Jesus. If you're seeking Jesus, he's the one that will allow you to get into heaven because he says that no one can come to the Father except by him. You must separate yourselves from the world. You must, the Bible actually says that we must turn away from our wickedness when we give our lives to Jesus. It's, tired, it's time for us Christians to quit looking like the world, quit trying to relate to the world and bringing the world into the church because Jesus has done it all. All we need 
is the Spirit of God upon our lives and the Word of God and God's anointing upon our lives. God is telling us, church, He's telling us, pride of Christ, it's time to separate ourselves from the world. It's our separation from the world that's going to attract the unbelievers to our God. It's not our relation to the world that will attract them. Are you going to separate yourselves? Are you going to separate yourselves from the world? Are you going to cleanse yourself, purify yourself, and rid yourself of the evil things that have come crept into this world? The world is looking for somebody who's following Jesus. And if you will follow him and separate yourself from the world, you will attract people to your God. And I'm telling you right now, God is looking for somebody who will separate themselves from the world so he can use them, who's ready to be used by the master at any moment. There's an awakening coming, and I'm telling you right now, Jesus is looking for people. His eyes are going to and fro across this world of people he can show himself strong through. Are you one that is of common use, or have you set yourself apart for noble use? God is looking for people in this hour who have separated themselves from the world.